1: leaping to make the catch out of bounds he has it for six he's got a knee-high snap looking left now over the middle he pump fakes he rolls to his right with connor barwin pursuing he knocks him down the ball is thrown up in the air and batted away incomplete the rams defense clinches it goff will come on the field for victory formation Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to
4: L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
2: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing our Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. We're here to break down what's sis? The Rams' journey to the Super Bowl. That's right. Your Los Angeles Rams are on the way their first Super Bowl since the 2001 season. They beat the New Orleans Saints today 26-23 in overtime to earn their shot at the team we now know as the AFC champion. Yeah, uh, the New England Patriots. Boo. Norm, <laughs> how you doing, brother?
4: Oh, man, what a day. What, what a day of football. Two overtime games, first time in history. Rams down to the wire, crazy stuff happening. Rematch with the Patriots. Uh, uh, my blood pressure is probably through the roof. Uh, many beers today to calm down. Yeah, <laughs> is is what it is.
2: <laughs> All right. So, so what was your number? What was your final number? Of beers? Yeah.
4: Oh, who knows? I, I kept. I I didn't keep counting.
2: I mean, your last text to me on it was ten.
4: Yeah, probably five, six more than that. Oh, good Lord, dude.
2: And when people don't realize you're so big, that stuff just goes right through you, man. Like, you know. Well, that was, si-
4: that was since like, what, three o'clock? It's 1030.
2: That's nothing. <laughs> for you, no, not for me. It would put me out. But for you, no, never. All right, folks. Before we get knee-deep in the Rams and Saints, I do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out. And don't forget our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio, which will return this week, I promise. Yeah, we've we've, uh, finally got that worked out. And Steve and Johnny over at Butting Heads. And before we even get into the conversation, because there's a lot to talk about, and there's so much to talk about, we do want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk. Wrote the great book, really great book, Hollywood's Teen Grit Glam the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams, who lends to Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some stories his father and team played for in an era of glitch, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Craigslist Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at and and on Twitter at Harlow's Team, it's also available both hardback and electronic format on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You find Harlow's Team through various other booksellers on the internet as well, folks. I've read this book cover to cover; it's worth every penny. For all you Rams fans out there, heck, Norm read it. That's a miracle in itself. Trust me, it's worth a check out. Harlow's Team, grit, glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. All right, Normy, ready? Hello?
4: Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. I pushed oh. the mute button, but it didn't unmute.
2: You must have muted me when I was, you know, being mean to you during the ad, didn't you? I mute you all the time, dude.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, with that in mind, what's the stats of the game?
4: Team stats first. Uh, okay. So, total yards for the Rams, 378. Total yards for New Orleans, 290. Passing yards, 301. For the Rams, 242 for New Orleans. Rushing yards for the Rams, 77 for New Orleans, 48. Average yards per play, 5.6 for the Rams, 4.5 for the Saints. Uh, No fumbles lost, one interception each way. Uh, New Orleans allowed two sacks, the Rams won. Rams were 37% on third down. New Orleans was 42%. Time of possession, Rams, 32 minutes, 36 seconds. New Orleans, 30 minutes, 41 seconds. Penalties, seven for the Rams, three for the Saints. That's team stats.
2: Okay, so individuals here.
4: So Jared Goff, he went 25 for 40 for 297 yards, a touchdown an interception. Johnny Hecker went one for one. 12 yards on a fake punt. Rushing, C.J. Anderson had 16 carries for 44 yards, a 2.8-yard average. Josh Reynolds had one for 16 yards. Todd Gurley, four rushes for 10 yards and a touchdown. Jared Goff, three rushes for 10 yards, and Robert Woods, two for minus three. Receiving, Brandon Cooks had seven receptions for 107 yards. Josh Reynolds had four receptions for seventy-four. Gerald Everett two for fifty. Robert Woods six for thirty-three. Tyler Higby four for twenty-five. Sam Shields one for twelve. CJ Anderson one for five, and Todd Gurley one for three yards. Uh, Jared Goff fumbled once but recovered it. Interceptions. John Johnson got the kind of the game sealer interception on his back. Defense, Corey Littleton led the team with 12 tackles, 11 tackles, and an assist. Mark Barron with seven. Uh, Sue with a sack and a half, and Dante Fowler with a half a sack. And kicking, Zerline went four for four, including the game winner. Uh, Let's see here, and that's about really it.
2: Well... What I would say is the stats are vastly different from the sec- from the second quarter on. And we're going to talk about that because that was a first quarter. That was a dominant first quarter for the Saints. Um, what did you see in that first part of the game, that first quarter, that kind of blew your mind?
4: How loud the stadium was there. I mean, it was so loud that I almost muted the TV. I mean, Joe Buck was announcing, so I wanted to mute it anyways, but – Uh, it was so loud. Uh, it was really hard to watch and, uh, it was so loud that they couldn't communicate. And obviously the saints came out, pumped up, the Rams came out and didn't quite know how to deal with that sound, even though they practiced for it. And it took them a while to warm up. Saints took advantage of it. However, the Rams defense, uh, holding them to two field goals on those first two, you know, two possessions and then, you know, they gave up the one touchdown. They could have easily been down 21 to nothing. So uh, I think they were fortunate to to do what they did, and the defense played extremely well in that situation.
2: So what broke the Rams out of that? The, the, well, let me back up. One thing right away we saw in the game, Todd Gurley really tips a pass, drops a pass, gets tipped right into DeBerry Davis' hands. Uh, Rams immediately on their first rest of the game are now giving the ball away. Saints have it in their territory all over again. What are you thinking when this happens?
4: Uh, I'll tell you exactly what I said because I was sitting here watching the game with my son. Uh, I said the Rams need to, to hold them to a field goal here because that's four points on their side if they do. And they did. And I was like, okay, I can live with it. You know, It wasn't Jared Goff's fault. You know, Todd Gurley, for some reason, had brick hands tonight. But, uh, you know, they came out of it in the best way they could by holding them to a field goal. So I wasn't too down on that. Then the second field goal, I'm kind of going, all right, still still okay. And well, that then, was the second field you know, goal.
2: Though. Huh? That was the second field goal. Okay,
4: well, the fir- the first field goal I was – Proud of the defense. The second field goal, I was like, okay, we came out of that. We're only one score back. It's not that big a deal.
2: Okay, and
4: then and then then the touchdown. I was like, okay, now I'm not happy. But like I said, they could have easily been down twenty one to nothing.
2: If, and if that's the Rams' defense in Week Nine, they are down twenty one nothing. I'm convinced of that. They couldn't stop anybody in Week Nine. They couldn't I agree. stop. And so th- th- there's a, a big difference in how this team's operating, and. To only be down 13 nothing at that point, I think the Rams were really lucked out. That was a dominant first quarter by the Saints. They were dominating defensively. They were dominating on in, in the pass game, the running game. There, there was nothing the Rams could do. The I have never, like you said, I have never heard a home crowd that loud, and they were constant. That whole first half, they were constant. You could not – if you were a player in that stadium, if you were a Rams player, in that, how could you think, let alone hear a play call? Well, I, mean,
4: I think they should make whistles illegal. I mean the whistle was the most annoying part. There were so many people there with whistles it was crazy.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing, is is that wasn't even a whistle. It was No there <laughs> were they showed it.
4: There were there were pictures all over the place. The crowd was loud by itself. But then there were whistles all the time, people blowing whistles. You could see they showed it on the coverage and then of course it was all over Twitter and everything else. See I didn't even see and, that.
2: I saw the I saw the meme of the guy who was dressed as a whistle blowing and they were saying this guy actually sounds like a freaking whistle. He's
4: yeah, I know that, but there were people out there that actually had whistles that were blowing them, and there were several times when we thought the play was dead because we heard the whistle, and you know that wasn't the case. So I feel like they should. I mean, if somebody can make that sound with their voice or you know with their mouth, more power to them. But I don't think they should allow whistles in the game. But yeah, it was so it was so loud. I mean, Jared Goff taped his ear holes. They had to adjust his helmet. I mean, it was that was crazy. I mean, good for the Saints for being that loud. I mean, that's what you want your team to do. But it took the Rams quite a while to adjust to that
2: on, on offense, anyways. I mean, I think it was probably was I, I would even say that first Rams field goal drive they hadn't adjusted to it yet. I think it was that second touchdown. Sorry, the first touchdown drive where they finally seemed to be okay and and deal with it in some kind of way. But you know going into that that second quarter what changed in the Rams offense to you besides the fact that they adjusted to that sound I think it
4: I think that was primarily it and they had to get some confidence somewhere and they finally started to get some they had to they had to start making a few plays and once that started and they got their confidence up then I think they were fine it just took them a while to get there Another There wasn't it, any, there wasn't anything in particular that I saw that changed it. I think it was just, you know, confidence and, and learning how to deal with the sound.
2: Well there were two things I noticed for me. One, and I you know, we'll talk about this later on when we when we do game balls and everything, I really liked how Jared Goff took ownership there and took control of where his team was going. That showed to me we've been we've been wondering where's Jared Goff and what's his problem. Why is he having issues? But to me Jared Goff led in this game. Wasn't perfect, but he led in this game, okay. And then, on the second side of that, the Rams' defense stepped up, got pressure on Breeze late in that first half, and caused a lot of problems. And when you have your defense backing you up, keeping you in the game, that that changes things for you. They're flipping the field some. They're getting you know they're getting position to move. I thought right there where the Rams were at halftime. I would have killed to be only down thirteen ten in this game at halftime. And
4: getting the ball back and having the last score with momentum. I mean, yeah, I agree. You know, i i told I told my son that I said the Rams just scored a touchdown. They're they're within three and they get the ball back in the second half. They come out and score another touchdown. We got the lead. Best case scenario.
1: Yeah, of course so, it
4: didn't happen that way, but best case scenario.
1: Yeah,
2: and that's that's annoying. That first series coming out in the third quarter, we got to talk about that because that was. <laughs> That was, I think I figured out what the Rams were doing. It seemed to me like they were trying to stretch the Saints linebackers out with Wise, so they can run back in the middle. I think that's what they're trying to do. But the play calling was that was the one series of the entire playoffs thus far. I've had a problem with the Rams' play calling. It was just that one series. I don't have a problem with anything they did the first half. I know they were adjusted to that that noise, but that series to begin the third quarter to me was a train wreck, poorly executed. You're putting the ball in receivers' hands. Where's your top running back? I know you were saying, well, Gurley we had a rough first half. I don't think you throw your first your all pro out after a couple drops. You just don't do that. But we barely well, saw him this game. Well, I think the momentum started
4: to change when CJ Anderson came in because he was gaining yards, albeit not on every play, but you know, he, he was actually accomplishing something where Gurley was struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gurley had minus five yards and two drops in the first half before he got his five-yard run and a touchdown.
2: Well, sure, and he forced, and Anderson forced the Saints to at least be honest up front. Yes. And that's important. I mean, that was a critical part of the game. That No longer could they just be one-dimensional. He made them at least have to watch the run. and I, I totally get that. I totally get that. But I then, mean, I yeah. don't know
4: if Gurley's still hurt. I, I don't know anything about that or if he tweaked something or or if they just decided that they were better off with Anderson in there at the time, you know, and since they got the win, I'm okay with that. But uh, I'm not as concerned about Gurley being out there, you know, not out there on the field <laughs> if somebody's out there producing better. Uh, but I am concerned that he couldn't catch passes that he normally catches. It's like he was off sync tonight for some reason.
2: Well, I mean, we did see him in the game late. That mattered to me, okay. So we know he's not hurt enough to play. He was out in the field during the last part of the fourth quarter in overtime. So we'll just we'll just say, hey, it was a matchup thing. Looking on Twitter afterwards on social media, there was nothing about girl that said anything about an injury. Um, there was nothing really reported about a press conference tonight, so I'm guessing we'll have the presser tomorrow. I guess that's when we'll find out is tomorrow. So as far as we know is the, the Rams made that decision based on the matchups they were seeing. And I, I still would say, Hmm, that's, he's still one of the best in the league. I'm sure they could have found a use for him, but well, they saw also something. Well, it's not we a bad know.
4: thing since they won. It's also not a bad thing to get him, you know, that much more rest. Sure. You know, this week, then he's got the next week with the pro bowl. So, you know, obviously he's not going to that. Um, so that gives him two weeks more and not playing much, you know. Really, in the last three weeks, he should come in pretty fresh to the Super Bowl, which is not a bad thing. So, you know, hopefully it's it's nothing, nothing other than a scheme thing.
2: So the Saints still came back here after that Rams first drive, that botched drive. They take it down on the field, they get a touchdown. The one thing they commit to on the drive is run the football. They ran and ran, all oh, that and the short dig and dunk to Alvin Kamara. And I texted her during the game, and I'm like, okay, uh, they can't stop that. And they couldn't. There was nothing the Rams could do on that first drive stopped Kamara. What were you thinking as they, as the Saints just did what they wanted on that drive?
4: Well, sooner or later, we knew they had to adjust to it, and that's what the Saints were counting on because then they could exploit something else. But – Um, Yeah, I was like, you can't just let him keep doing that to you. I mean, Kamara had 11 11 receptions for 96 yards. However, he rushed the ball eight times for a total of 15 yards, which is under a two-yard average. So all in all, I mean, if you're giving up just a little bit over 100 yards to Kamara for the game and no touchdowns, I really don't think he can complain too much.
2: Well, like what the Rams did, though. The Rams responded by just making sure they clip him the line, knocking him off his routes. It was weird that once they did that, the Saints never went back to them. Did you, did you right. notice that? I did. All it took was Sue a couple of times hitting them on the way out, or somebody else hitting them on the way out, and the Rams, and that was it. They The Saints gave up. And I have to wonder if the play calling on the Saints side here, there's so much controversy about this game, which we'll get to later, but here's the reality. Outside of that drive in the third quarter, the Rams dominated this game from the second quarter on. At the end of the first quarter, they were, like, what, 100 yards down in total yards, uh, time of possession, they were hemmed up against the wall. And by the end of this game, it is all flipped over. The Rams had outgained them, they've outpassed them, they outrushed them, everything. And yeah, no. No one's talking I, I think, about that.
4: Yeah, the Rams totally dominated. I mean, not totally, but they did dominate the whole second half and really the second quarter they just dug themselves in a deep hole in the beginning. Fortunately, they were able to limit that deep hole to being not as deep as it could have been. Otherwise, I don't think they could have come back on this game. And, and the points are evident on that. But, yeah, it was just, you know, this game was like, <laughs> if it wasn't for the beer I was drinking, I think my blood pressure yeah. would have been through the roof.
2: So can you go ahead and take us through here um, with the Gold Ram barbershop? you Yes, and thanks after Sal.
4: You would like me to do the Golden Ram barbershop?
2: Absolutely. It's been a while since everybody's heard your luscious voice.
4: <laughs> well, you've been doing it so much lately, I didn't even have it pulled up, but I can have it in just a second. I should have it memorized by now. I've done it so many times.
2: I think the sign of old age, dude. Well, I am
4: old. <laughs> what do you what, what do you what do you want to hear from me? I mean I am old. <laughs>
2: I was just waiting for you to come out some flashy comeback. You had nothing for me there.
4: Well, no, I mean, I, I can only threaten to kill you so many times before it gets old.
2: Well, you know, here's the reality that I think I think we both aged about four or five years today.
4: Yeah, I think so too. I,
2: I, I mean, honestly, if our, if we have any kind of memory after today, besides Rams football, I, I don't know what we'll do with ourselves. <laughs> I, I, I mean, gray hair. I, I mean, I had. A little bit of salt and pepper going on before this. Game. I think I'm bleach white now in my head.
4: Yeah, and, and if you did what you said in your text, you're a little lighter <laughs> in the waste area. <laughs> well, so, let's, uh, let's take some time and thank uh, our original sponsor, Sal Martinez at the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. But he also provides that old-school barbershop experience taking, talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Uh, I'm sure Sal was in tears today watching the game. Uh, it's he's, he's one of those guys that loves the Rams as much as I do and you do. And... Uh, Sal, thank you for being a sponsor and look forward to the Super Bowl with you this year.
2: No no kidding there, man. I, Sal has been uh, – there's someone who's, who's been truly committed to Rams football over the years. It's been Sal. All right, so moving here into the Rams. This, this is where I think the game really turned. Okay, the Rams are down now 20-10. They get the ball on their own nine-yard line after a penalty pushed them back. Uh, it was a blocking back. So, first down, Toggle gets, gets off the right guard for uh, six yards through LA 15. And then Robert Woods, one yard, second and four at the Rams 15. Okay. Third down after a timeout, Goff is rushed. Okay. You know, and he, he is chased out of the pocket. He's, he's moving, trying to find up a man, and he finds Gerald Everett for 39 yards. 18 in the past 21 yards after catch. He Everett does everything we've been thinking he could do for the last 2 years. All the potential we've seen in him speed-wise, movement of the football, that's what he did. And from there on, two plays later, got off the Josh Reynolds, another guy we've been waiting to break out, 33 yards down to the New Orleans 7-yard line. This is where I think the game changed norm because now they couldn't just sit the same secondary just couldn't sit and expect the Rams to go short, short, short. Now they had to respect the deep ball a bit, and that's where I think it's changed. I really think this is where it changed. Rams ended up scoring on a, um, on, a on a touchdown for for Anderson, one yard out, and now it's a twenty seventeen game. Yeah,
4: I, I mean that play to Everett was like. I mean, I'm an old fat guy with bad knees, and I about flew through the ceiling. I was jumping up so hard during that during that play. I mean, I th- think that was a huge uh, momentum shift. And then Josh Reynolds coming in and making some some good catches and some good plays. Had a great running play. Um, I could definitely feel things changing at that part of the game. And. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm sure you'll go into it, but then at the end of the game when when the Saints were in field goal range and, of course, the the controversial call that everybody was talking about happened and and uh, I'd already texted you and said, well, I guess that's it,
3: you know, <laughs>
4: game, game over. And uh, next thing you know, uh, <laughs> we're driving back down the field and, and scoring to go into overtime. So it was crazy. But, yeah. Uh, what the Rams showed me is that they they can struggle through through issues like noise. They can overcome and and show some adversity, and they showed me that they're a you know a mature team at this point instead of what we've seen kind of in the Jeff Fisher era. So, um, as much as there's going to be all these people trash-talking, saying that the Rams don't deserve to be here. Um, I, I really think that that they do, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do against the Patriots.
2: Well, going through there at the end there, the Rams tied up going uh, early in the fourth quarter. Saints come downfield. What you're talking about there was it's late in the fourth quarter now. It's We've already seen one. Missed pass interference on Roby Coleman. We have to be honest about that, folks. For all year, we've talked about how the Rams have been getting kind of screwed by officials. That's kind of like an L.A. Ram fan understanding. We just know it it happens, okay? But in this game...
4: Let's let's point this out. There was a petition going around on Facebook from Rams fans saying that these officials should be removed from the game and brought somebody else in. How ironic is it that a blown call by these officials going the other way, you know, gets us to where we are?
2: Yeah, um, and that's a great point. So, earlier on, Roe B. Coleman missed pass interference. Now, here we are. It is late. We're under two minutes in the fourth quarter. Rams and Saints are tied. The Saints are now deep in Rams territory. It looks like they're about to put this one away. It's third and ten. Field goal is upcoming, or at least, if not a touchdown. First down marker's there, and here we go. Throw off to the right, and sure enough, Roby Coleman basically tackles a receiver before the ball gets there. He didn't play the ball. Is a chance he could have picked it off if he did play the ball, and he didn't. It should have been a pass interference. I mean, we can agree on that, right? Sure. The only I mean, thing
4: that I'll say is that, if you watch it at game speed, it's a lot closer than what it looks like in slow motion. But yeah, it was definitely pass interference.
2: Sure, and when when asked about it, what we're hearing is the officials thought that the pass had been tipped, and that's why they didn't call it. We know it wasn't tipped, and in the end, New Orleans gets the the field goal. So here's Norm. Here's why I have a real problem with this whole situation. Okay, all right, uh, let me lay it out. So. We have at least two missed face mask calls that the officials didn't call against the Saints for the Rams, including on the, the first Rams field goal in the fourth quarter. It should have been first and goal around the one-yard line, F- hitting, um, hitting the face mask for, for Jared Goff. We have an instance of a Saints player stepping on a Rams player. Okay, We have a missed hold. Several. So, Several missed, missed holds. holds, okay? And also, in fairness, in fairness, to the Saints fans, the, the two missed pass interference calls, I can say beyond a shadow of doubt, given how the rules are, Aaron Donald should have been called for roughing the passer on that push where, uh, where Breeze went down, the ball was clearly out, they extended their hands, it should have been a pass interference. Let's just say what it is. This game was poorly officiated all the way around. Oh, absolutely. Poorly. Um. This
4: crew really shouldn't be officiating anything important, but ever again. yes, it's, it's been that way all year. The officiating's been poor in almost every game I've watched. I mean, it was even poor tonight in the in the Patriots and
2: KC game, but it was better
4: better, better than that this game than, than it was
2: in ours for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean they even missed a delay of game call that should be gone against the Saints. Yeah, I mean that, it was that bad. How do you? The, the the official was inept, but in all that, at any point, any one of those missed calls, they say, "Well, let him play." No, those are missed calls that should have been called. But we have no idea if those calls have been main, made. How this game would have changed? We have no idea how it would have changed if Jared Goff had gotten that face mask call inside the five yard line. We have no idea how the game would have changed if Drew Brees would have gotten that rough in the passer call, going his way. Yeah. Well, the reason
4: so, that the pass interference call is such a big deal is because it was at such a crucial time sure, of the game. Sure, sure. But, but they were
2: all, all but, major
4: problems. Sure. I mean, and I have to admit, we have some – there are some creative people out there. I mean – I, I saw on Facebook, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan doing the leg smash on the yeah, New Orleans yeah. receiver, and, and I saw a wrestling match where the referee, you know, uh, throws a throws the uh, Saint uh, the Rams player on his back and then, or the Saints player on his back, and then pulls the Rams player over mm-hmm. on top of him. I mean, I've seen everything. It's, I mean, people are funny as hell, but. This game, I mean, it was poorly officiated all the way around, and, and we're going to hear controversial. We're going to hear the only reason the Rams won was because of that non-call. I don't care. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, the officials are part of the game. They screwed up. We admit it. But, you know, and I will give Sean Payton credit in the postgame. You know, when they interviewed him, he could have really, really complained. And you could tell he was holding it in. But he he was very professional about it and just said, you know, it's part of the game, and unfortunately it didn't go our way.
2: Well, he did complain about it later. Um, apparently the NFL fishing team has already told the Saints that they messed up. And good for the NFL for owning it. But nonetheless, here's my real beef door. And the Saints get that field goal. They're up 23-20. Did... Let me ask this question. Did the Saints stop the Rams from tying the game in regulation? No. Okay, so there's one. So the Saints get the ball first in overtime. What happened to them? Dante Fowler hits Drew Brees,
4: deflects the arm, throws an interception to John Johnson.
2: Okay, so the Rams get the, get the, get the offense, and did the Saints stop the Rams With their third opportunity? No. Okay. So, no matter how anybody frames it, in my view, it's not like the Saints didn't have a chance to win this game. I can see if people had had a complaint, if the Rams got the ball first in overtime, but even then, the Saints still had their opportunity. No matter what, they would have had their opportunity. If the Rams don't score to, to end the fourth quarter there. We're not even having this conversation. Period. Right. We're having a different... So, if you're going to say this 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 win is tainted, then how do you explain one of the best offenses in the league scoring 504 points and one of the best second-half defenses in the league, that's what, that's what the Saints had, they couldn't stop the Rams. But the Rams stopped yeah,
4: them. Mean, the, the Rams got the win because they did what they had to to win, and the Saints loss because they couldn't do what they needed to do after a poor call. Absolutely.
2: See, I mean, I guess for me, with all that, we can have a sense of humor about what's, I mean, it is funny. It's funny seeing all all those memes on Facebook and Twitter and everything. Well, it's only funny because we're on the winning end. (laughs) Sure, and, you know, and there are going to be a lot of Saints fans who were upset for a long time over this game, but it's not like the game ended with, that field goal, that first Rams field goal, they went to overtime. They had a shot, and they blew it. Right, they blew it. I just, I get it. And a buddy of mine said the Rams were gifted this win. That they, um, that you know how it is mentally when when something like that happens, and changes momentum. These guys are professionals. They deal with these officials all the time. Don't give me that garbage. If you can't handle that stuff, then then what are you doing on the field? You get you deal with bad officiating all the time. We as Rams fans know that. We've been getting hemmed up by officials for for it's been like a sport for twenty years. Yeah. I just <laughs> you all, right now you're just like okay I'm, I'm letting Derek rant here. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I am. I'm letting you rant. <clears throat> I'm I'm trying not to make as big a deal out of it. Um, just because there's been plenty of times where we've been screwed on calls, you know, albeit it wasn't the, the conference championship, but you know, there's been several times where we've, we've ended up losing a game because of a call. So it's not like it's never happened to us before and, and sure it sucked, but we moved on. We had to, uh, you know, in this case, the Rams are in the, you know, in the super bowl, they get a rematch, you know, with the, with the Patriots after 17 years of, you know, the whole you know, cheaters and filming the practices and all that stuff and it's the first Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl since 1979. So I'd rather focus on that than focus on, you know, the call.
2: Well, let's focus on one more thing though. Okay, because I Greg Zerline deserves some credit here. And I do think we need to get our game balls. Then let's talk some Patriots first. 57 yards, dude. Dare I say you oh. could have hit that from 70?
4: Well, it was it was at least good from 60, 364. But, um, you know, what's funny is uh, normally I get really nervous about, you know, kicks and things like that. But I wasn't really nervous at all about that kick. The only thing was is when it came off his foot, it looked like it was going right and then it curved back you know and i was like i was expecting it to curve back because most of his kicks do yeah but uh but wow i mean that was that was crazy well I, the one I, the
2: end the one at the end, of the fourth quarter was doing that it was going way and that just curved back in at the last minute i thought i thought i thought we were done for and then yeah. it curved back in
4: yep well Always. he deserves he deserves credit he's he's been a You know, he struggled that one year and, you know, then the injuries and all that he's had to go through and some, he's had some stuff he's had to deal with, you know, had to have some adversity this year and, and, uh, very proud of him.
2: I mean, there was a point where Rams fans wanted him gone. Like, they were calling for his job. And, uh, to see him do that now and it would mean, one, the confidence that Jared Goff had to have had, because honestly, if I'm the head coach, and I guess that's why I'm not a head coach. If I'm the head coach, I'm putting that ball into, I'm putting that ball. I'm not giving Drew Brees, the, risking Drew Brees having the ball with that kind of field position if I miss a field goal. I'm putting that ball, trying to pin him deep, playing field position. And instead, man, <laughs> Sean McVay, We've seen this a couple times this year. That dude has balls of cast iron, man. He just says, "Go, I trust you," and he kicks that field goal. My gosh, how many? I mean, in the playoffs, I don't know many people who have that kind of kind of guts from that far out. I really don't. Yeah. Well, and then there was
4: the fourth and one or fourth and goal from the from the half yard line, and they kicked the field goal instead of going for it. That kind of surprised me because I thought for sure he would go for it. Um, it ended up not biting us in the ass, but I thought it was gonna. Um, but yeah, he's definitely got some guts. I mean, the fake punt, you know, in our own territory was was a big deal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was that was crazy.
2: Well, I see. That's where I differ a little bit. I think it was the right move. You're down by, you're down, was it at that point, 20 to 17? You need to tie the game. If you don't tie the game, if you if you miss it there, then there's no guarantee to be back down that zone. I see why they kicked the field goal, and I would have done the same. I had an issue with the announcers acting so surprised that they didn't do it. Like, like it was on that requirement. They should go for it on fourth down. You take the points, and there's a chance that the Rams. The Rams almost did. They almost, the defense almost didn't hold. But you know, with that much time on the clock and on fourth down, there's no guarantee you're back down there again. You take the points.
4: Yeah. No. I. I. I mean, it could have gone either way. I wasn't unhappy that he didn't go for it. Um, I wasn't unhappy that he kicked the long field goal with Greg Zuerlein as a kicker. But uh, there were there were a few moments where I thought. He should have done things differently, but when, when you walk away with a win, no matter how you got it, you can't really
2: say too much. Man, boy, am I glad I was wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was wrong, and I told my I, I was sitting. My wife actually came in to watch the end of the game. That's My wife never comes in to watch the end. She came in to watch the end for this, and I was just saying they need to punt this. Why aren't they? Why are they kicking? They need to punt it. And she's like, "Are you glad you're wrong?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I'm glad I'm wrong." Oh, I'm wearing my, my brand-new pair of Los Angeles
4: Rams socks that my girlfriend gave me, and at the end of the game, I'm like, I'm never wearing these socks again. <laughs> and now they're my favorite socks, and I'll never take them off.
2: <laughs> Three days from now, there's, like, green things growing out of there. Well, the thing is, and, and when it was over, dude, I mean, just to talk about for a second, the joy. It's been 17 years. 17 years. My daughter, who walked up today... My, my whole family's been sick all week, you know, and she's miserable. Everybody's miserable, but she walks up. To, I've got my Rams jersey on. I'm, I'm covering social media for the game, and she walks up, and she says to me, I want to I wear my Rams jersey too, and she goes, and she tells Mommy to go put it on, and the kids stayed with me almost the entire game, and when that game was when when we hit that field, the first thing I did was I got up out of the chair, put the computer down, and went over my daughter and I'm throwing her in the air and we're going to the Super Bowl we're going to the Super Bowl and she's laughing and she's giggling I mean that's a special moment that um I got to share with my daughter and it mean, it means a lot to me as a guy who's been watching this team for an awful long time and following this team and covering this team to share that with her and I can I can tell you one thing it really changed my mind about how we're going to do the Super Bowl because I'm I'm sorry, folks, I'm not sitting on social media for a Super Bowl. I'm putting it away, and I'm going to have family over, and I'm going to sit there with my daughter, and we're going to watch the Super Bowl together in our Rams jerseys, and we're going to enjoy the game. It, it, it's a special moment, and sometimes, you know, it really takes something like that happening to realize how special it is. In that moment, I kind of felt like, you know, what we had Sal on with his daughter and how special it was. That, was that feeling I have with my daughter in that moment just – just throwing her in the air, and she's laughing and with her with her Todd Gurley jersey on.
4: Well, the girlfriend asked me tonight if I was going to go to Atlanta and tailgate. <laughs> and I said, I said no because, you know, we just got a new place, and we're remodeling and doing all that stuff. And it would be really hard for me to be there and not be able to watch the game.
2: <laughs> Dude, honestly, it would not surprise me if somehow, someway, you find a way in that game. I'm serious. Uh, I, I mean...
4: I'd, I'd have to... I'd have to play defensive line and blow my way in there. That'd be about it. Not at the um, price of tickets.
2: <laughs> hey, I think last I checked, it was like I, someone had it like a couple thousand. I think Johnny told us earlier he saw, what was
4: 4,500? Well, they, somebody bought one earlier for like 2,200 that I saw, but then I think as soon as it was figured out who was going, the prices went up to 45.
2: Yeah, would not surprise me at all if you found a way in that game.
4: You're so and close, I, ma'am. I, and I would and I would give away my firstborn for a ticket because she is a Patriots fan. So <laughs> you know, I somebody wants her for tickets, you can have
2: her. <laughs> so you and I, yeah, you and moving on here, you and I were talking about this as the AFC Championship game ended, and you know you were mad because I was I, I wanted the Patriots to win. You were kind of a little irritated with me a little bit, and and. Now we have that matchup. What scares you about the Patriots?
4: Well, I you know, the debate between the the Patriots and Kansas City. First of all, I can never root for the Patriots. Uh, I I will never root for the Patriots. I don't care what the situation is. So uh, just to make that perfectly clear, um, we've already beat KC. Although it was a close game, it was probably the – i think the most exciting game of the season until maybe today um would have been a great rematch to watch uh i think the fans would have liked it a lot more i think everybody's getting a little sick i know my son is and i yeah, am. We just heard I'm that seeing, right yeah i'm seeing the patriots in the super bowl and uh so there's all those reasons but you were worried about KC because of their speed. Well, we'd already beat them with that speed, and I think our defense is better now, and theirs isn't better. So I think we could have you know, probably beat them fairly decently. But, you know, when you got to talk about the Patriots, which I hate doing, um, their experience level, I mean, I think they showed they have like 30 guys on the team that have all played in a conference championship game. I mean, albeit the same the Patriots have gone to the conference championship game like what, forty three times in a row now? <laughs> Pretty
2: much, yeah. Eight times. Yeah. But yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean so you take all that experience and the Belichick factor and, you know, an experienced quarterback like Tom Brady, who, you know, I wish would retire. <laughs>
2: uh,
4: <laughs> and that's what that's what scares me. Now don't get me wrong. I'd love to have the rematch and win, and be able to kind of close that door from that seventeen years ago, you know, Super Bowl where we heard allegations and heard things, and you know, you can believe what you want to believe. I believe that um, that they did do what they were accused of, and and it uh, it would be. Redemption and revenge, which I would love. But what I said to you after that is, if by chance we happen to lose, I don't think I can take another Patriots loss for the Rams. So that was part of the reason why. But I think experience outweighs youth and speed, and that's what concerned me.
2: The thing is, for me, and, you know, I just look back at that team. The 2001 team, and I actually believe that 2001 team was better than the 1999 team. I really do. The, the 1999 team was a great team. And they won a Super Bowl, and, and we'll always hold that close to our hearts. But that 2001 team, to me, was a little, was actually a little more talented, and they were a little more dominant. To see that team beaten and see what happened to, happened to them afterwards, like they were not the same after that. To me, the greatest show on turf – in a lot of ways, died after that loss. They were never mentally the same. They and I, even then, I could deal with it if it was a fair loss. If the if the Patriots won that game fair and square, it's a loss. I get it. You you move on. It was a fan, it was a franchise changing loss. But and then a couple years later, you find out that it looks like and I, I believe it too. It looks like they cheated to get that win. I got a problem with that. And so for all these, these, these great Rams who lost that game, that they probably should have won. And we'll never know because we'll never know if it was played fairly. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. It, will, it closes a door in a lot of ways um, on that piece of history for me to be able to at least go get one more shot. at If they lose, it'll suck. It'll It'll be... Oh, it'll more than suck. It'll suck, yeah. But I, I still want that last shot. I want one more shot at him. And I believe that at least the Rams have the right guy to go in there and tactically face them. A, a guy who is so, you know, Sean McVay may be a young guy. He may be the youngest coach in history to go to the Super Bowl. But the way he prepares for games now, the way he's been preparing, the way he... He changed the way he studies. If anybody's going to beat the Patriots, I think he can And I think the Saints would have beat him too, quite frankly, okay? I, I believe that this Rams team can do it.
4: Well, I hope you're right. I'm not saying I I don't believe they can. I, I just – I hope you're right because I really don't want to live through that again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. But like I'm saying before – I can deal with it. I can deal with it if I know everything was left in the field. They laid it all out there, and that's what haunts me to this day as a fan, as a person who, who watched all this stuff go down 17 years ago, and know years later, find out years later that that, that Rams team was probably cheated, and I believe they were. If well, you go back and watch that,
4: the, f- we know that at least 48 states are going to be rooting for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we also know that the Virgo, least we know that the Rams walkthrough was taped that day, right? Yeah. We know but, it was taped by the You know,
4: I, It's it's just so funny. If you if you took a poll across the country, how many people how I mean, if you figured out by state how many people would want the Patriots to win and how many people would want anybody else to win, regardless of whether it's the Rams or not. Uh You know, forty-nine of the states are going to say they they want the other team because everybody's Patriots.
2: Forty-eight, because we have no idea how Louisiana's going to react right now.
4: Well, that's what I that's what I said. Even if it was any other team, it would be forty-nine. I said forty-eight before when when it was Louisiana, but (laughs) um, and I still think that most most New Orleans fans don't blame the Rams; they blame the refs, and you know. Bygones by, be bygones. I think they don't want the Patriots to win either. Well,
2: so, you think that, but if you checked the Rams' Twitter feed, man, I had a bunch of Saints fans saying you don't deserve to be there. You don't deserve to be there.
4: Well, you know they can they can be crybabies if they want to. That's fine.
2: Well, folks, we just laid it all out there for you. We're gonna we're, I am going to try and get the entire team together at some point between now and the Super Bowl. To get a roundtable uh, conversation with everybody. We'll get ourselves, we'll run ourselves up a Patriots guest. We haven't had a Patriots guest since the tour in the league. And we've got plenty more coverage of this massive Rams win. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to another shot at the Patriots. I'm for it. I can't wait. I want one more shot. Just, just because, man. Just because. Uh, but it's time balls. for us to go. Game. Oh, game. yeah, game balls, game balls. Uh, go. W- w- who's your game ball? Offense,
4: Jared Goff. He led the team, made some incredible throws at the end of the game when he should have been sacked. Uh, no question in my mind, he deserves a game ball. Defense, Dante Fowler. Uh, cost us a game earlier in the year. Helped us win this game. Uh, very proud of his play. Special teams, you've got to give one to both Johnny Hecker and Greg Zerline for, you know, the game winner and the fake punt.
2: You know, I got to stop letting you pick the game balls first. <laughs> I swear, because this time you, it was all four of the same for me, all four. I think I would probably even add Don and Sue. He made a difference in there as well. It seems that they're finally him and and, um, and Aaron Donald are finally able to work together as a team in there. I just wish they would have done it earlier in the year. Uh, just – Really nice to see that as well. So here we go. Game balls again, just to repeat. On offense, Jerry Goff. Being the quarterback, we, we know we can be. On defense, Dexter Fowler, Dexter Fowler Jr. Uh, special teams, Zergeline and Hecker. All right, folks. Super Bowl time. Sponsorship, real quick, folks. If, if you enjoy what we do, if you think that you make a great partner for us, you want to advertise with us, reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail. At 657 666 5453. I can tell you, our podcast this week, we're off the chain in terms of our audience. I'm expecting to keep getting bigger as the team grows in LA. So jump in now while you can. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. And find me on Twitter at DC Apollo and Norm Hightower at Norm Hightower. Don't forget to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. And oh, IEBeatRadio.com. They play our shows. On Wednesdays, Saturdays and Sundays at ten AM Pacific Time. Alright, Fordorm High Tower. This is Derek Apollo. Take it easy. We are on our way to the Super Bowl. Just the way it was meant to be this year.
4: Super Bowl, baby. Adios.